All right, well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be worshiping together. And on this day after Christmas, of course, yesterday, just Christmas, and I hope that you had a wonderful time. Uh, You took, took some part of your day, if not all of it, to reflect on the reason that we celebrate Christmas. Um, Like I said last week, the most important thing about Christmas is the belief that Jesus is the Christ. I wholeheartedly believe that. Why else celebrate the birth of someone who isn't the Savior? I mean, we have plenty of holidays for people who did great things, but were not the Savior of the world, not the Son of God. We don't worship them. We do worship Jesus. I mean, we call it Savior Worship Day, (laughs) Christ's Mass, for a reason. Uh, But in all of our cultures and all of our traditions, all of that, and countries all over the world, families of every shape and size, part, part of this holiday season does happen to involve gifts, doesn't it? And we talked about that. In Sunday school, we'll dive in more on this passage of gift giving today. Well, unless it's late, unless your gift is late or delayed for some reason, by now all the packages have been opened. The space under your Christmas tree is fairly bare. The stockings look flatter than they did the night before Christmas Eve. And if you're a kid, perhaps you start the next big countdown, right? What would be the next big countdown for a kid after Christmas? Their birthday, of course, right? They start the countdown to their own birthday, the next opportunity for gifts. But before we move to our next season of gift giving or gift receiving, as the case might be, let's slow down and look at a few of the elements left in the aftermath of Christmas. One thing that's left and one thing that occurs typically after Christmas, those two things. So the first thing, the thing that's left is wrapping paper. In fact, I asked my wife, I said, hey, let's, let's keep this for Sunday. Wrapping paper. Let me pull some out so you can see what we have here. I'll pick it back up. Don't stress, okay? And I promise to keep it away from the candles a little bit. Anyway, wrapping paper. Now, the second thing that's left in the wake of Christmas is the activity of returning gifts. Returns, right? Uh, and so... We've got the wrapping paper here, and it's a byproduct of gift opening. And while returns, well, we'll dive deeper into gift returns here in a few minutes. But suffice it to say, would you believe it that gifts don't always work out the way that the giver hopes that they do? It shouldn't be a surprise to any of us, right? So returning that item for cash or for an exchange of a similar item, that usually takes place. You don't typically return something that you love and appreciate, something useful or has sentimental value. You don't typically return something that you love. Well, you return things that you'd rather not keep, rather not have. Wrappings and returns. These are the illustrative tools today that I hope will lead us into a deep connection to the scripture. Something we presently are dealing with that relates back to the gospel story. But let's first look at wrappings. I I did a little bit of research. Um, I watched a video actually on how to, the proper way to 
wrap a present. I, I was wondering if there actually was such a thing. Uh, I brought it up to my wife. I said, should we do a competition? And she's just like, let's just let it be. And I'm like, you know what? I was feeling that too, trying to pit people against each other who can wrap the better present. I would lose every time. It's okay. I know that. But wrappings, wrappings are on the outside. Of course they are. Uh, unless, unless, there's only one instance in which they're not, unless you are gifting a box of gift wrap. And then they're on the outside and on the inside. But let's try to answer the question, wrappings, what is their purpose? Well, while I was researching a little bit, you know, there's, there's lots of people who think about gift wrapping. And they're actually, what goes into gift wrapping, right? Well, extra effort. Extra effort. You, you could hand them a thing you just bought from the store and here's your present. But when you wrap it, it's a little bit of extra effort. Unless you're a dad, then it's a lot of extra effort. Um, there's also this thing called extra expense. Did you know they don't just give this stuff away at the store? Here's some free Christmas wrapping paper. Some places include it in the price, right? And they might even wrap it for you. But wrappings are a cost on top of the cost of the gift that you bought or made. Did you know this? This is a very interesting little thing. Um, and I'll try to, try to get it all together here. But there was a couple of brothers a number of years ago who had a, um, a store. And that store sold stationery. Paper, special paper for writing, letters and notes on, and for, for books. And around Christmas time, they had some excess paper. And uh, it, was, it was fancy paper. It was a type of fancy uh, paper that they wanted to sell. And they started selling it as something that you could wrap around a gift of some sort. And so they'd sell it for X amount per sheet, and they made an empire out of it, and their last name was Hallmark. Um, and I, I, when I stumbled across that story, I thought, that is so interesting. And when I told Jackie this, she was like, that doesn't surprise me at all, that that's part of their story. And that's just a gloss over their, their more in-depth story there. But just amazing that just, uh, oh, let me, I've got this left over. It's fancy. No one's buying it. Let's do it at a discount. And let's say, oh, well, you can wrap your gift in it. Um, oh, wow, how, what a nice little extra expense to show how much more special the person is. Now, one other thing, uh, we'll talk about the point, but what happens to these wrappings, right? Well, they're destined for a few places. They're destined for the trash for most of us. They're, they could be destined for the recycling bin if you're really good at getting the tape off, but some of the, the material that it's in is not really all that recyclable. Or if you're really into uh, having campfires at this time of night you, you, or this time of year, you could do, use it as a fire starter. I've heard of families, and just this last week I heard of families whose dads specifically walk around as the kids are unwrapping the presents and he's got the bag ready. Okay, let's put, them right at, put, the, put that paper right in the trash bag. Um, and then there's other families who are like, tear them all apart and throw it all over. And then once we've got open up all our gifts, we will then clean up before we play or, or get into our boxes. All kinds of families do it differently. I don't know where you were at with that and what your experience was. But some people are just let it fly. Some people are just never ever. Let's put it right in the trash bag. It's where it's going to end up anyway. Let's keep it all nice and tidy. But what is the point? What is the point of the wrapping? Well, 
I had a thought on this, and here's what I came up with. It helps conceal or disguise what's really on the inside. What does that do? Well, it builds anticipation, doesn't it? It builds a, a surprise, an opportunity for a surprise. Uh, we've got added expense or frivolity of this special wrapping paper, so it helps makes that, make that gift more special. Uh, you took the time, the money, and effort just for the presentation of the present. Hmm. I wonder if that's why they call it a present, because of the presentation. I don't know. But our scriptures that tie into this theme, I kept asking this question, why do wrappings matter? And I, want, and I want to look at Matthew to begin with. Matthew 2, verses 9 through 11, we'll start off with. And it says this, After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The good news, the joy of the good news was wrapped. The joy of the good news was wrapped. What was it wrapped in? It was wrapped in Gentiles, non-Jewish folk. As much as we understand from Scripture, the wise men were not Jewish. They believed in prophecies, falling star, astrology, astronomy, and and that stars that pop up out in the sky have some sort of significant meaning in history. They're not the people that you would think would be glorifying the king. However, gifts from afar from new for a new or newish king was not unheard of. Uh, in his day, Solomon received tribute from people all over the region. They came seeking favor from him and seeking sage wisdom. Favor from the new king and sage wisdom. But gold, frankincense, and myrrh were the physical gifts that they gave, these wise men gave, to a baby who could not return any favors to them. Think about that. And could not, at that time, utter anything to them besides goo-goo and gaga. Think of that. Jesus saying goo-goo and gaga. The fourth gift, yes, there was a fourth gift, but it was intrinsic. The fourth gift is a gift that they all gave, and that was their worship, their adoration, their faith and belief. They had followed a star to where it had been foretold a newborn king would be. The outside of the package, the wrappings, though one might easily discard, like we've got this trash bag full of present wrappings here, people might easily discard the wrappings. These were important They were just as important as what's on the inside. God was drawing all men to himself. He wasn't waiting for Jesus to walk on water, to feed the 5,000 or heal 10 lepers. He was including non-Jewish, non-descendants of Israel in his story. This is the good news for us. Why is it the good news for us? Well, unless you trace your lineage back to a Jewish family or if you're faithful to the Jewish religion or a Jewish convert, you're considered a Gentile. Surprise. (laughs) But this is good news. This is the good news of the coming of Jesus. 
You see, John the Baptist clearly stated that God not only uh, is not tied to the Jews alone, Jews who think that they're just okay with God and his promise because of their ethnicity, their background, their history. But when they don't do as God says, John gives a gut check to them here in Matthew 9, 3. He says, and do not think that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you out of these stones, God can raise up the children of Abraham. And Isaiah even speaks to this topic in Isaiah 56, six through eight, I'll read it in the ESV. It says, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord, the Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. The good news, the good news, my friends, is the wrappings matter too. God drew the wise men, not Jews, the wise men, to worship him and present gifts of adoration before Jesus. Even though they were from afar, God still gathered them to himself. He didn't leave them helpless at that point. He spoke to them in a dream. Don't go back to Herod. Go home by a different route. And this was the first recorded direct intervention, if you can call a dream a direct intervention, uh, that from God to their lives. They had just been following a star that appeared in the east, and they had faith to follow it and find the Christ child. And God makes a direct message to them. Herod's going to try to kill Jesus. Take the long way back home. And that's the wrappings. So easily discarded like the paper on the outside of a present box, we rip into it and toss it aside. But the wrappings matter. The wrappings matter. Now, let's talk about returns. You see, today... This day on the calendar, December 26th, is one of the worst days to go shopping. Now, maybe it's different because it's a Sunday instead of a Monday, but maybe not at all. Because you see, lots of people go back to the stores where someone bought their gift and the gift recipient is trying to return it. Why do we even return gifts? Well, I found an article that states five reasons a gift might be returned. Number one, it's not to the recipient's taste. It's not the, pers- the personal style. Um, this will mean that it's only used or worn or invisible, like if it's a little knickknack that you put up on a, on a table. Um, it's only there in your presence if you give the gift. Oh, you're wearing the sweater I got you last Christmas. Oh, how nice. Yeah, it's the only time of year I wear the sweater. Um, but that's like, you don't say that out loud, right? Um, there's... There's not any other time that it comes out. Maybe it's just because of awkward guilt. Number two, it's the wrong size. I mean, you can check to actually see if it's going to be the right size. Don't surprise them when you give a gift that happens to be clothing. Uh, This year, uh, our family wanted to do something fun. 
and I suggested, hey, and I said it last year, but it was way too late. This year, I said, hey, let's do this thing. We're walking down the Isla store, and I see um, the Christmas pajamas for the whole family, right? And so um, I say, let's go ahead and get it, and people are agreed to it, so we all get a set of pajamas. And I, I go shopping. I never remember what size I am. I, I, I have to look inside my shoe when I buy new shoes to see what size shoe I'm wearing because I forget. Um, it doesn't stay in my brain. Why stay in my brain? It's on a tag. Well, anyway, when you're getting a, a set of pajamas, you have like large, extra large, double X or whatever. Well, needless to say, we grabbed one would, would fit me. It was way too big when I got it home. And I said, sure, I'll take it back. And I, and I got an exchange or return. Um, but returning items can be such a hassle. But if you really don't want to keep that something, or maybe it won't fit, you, you're better off going and exchanging it for an item that you'd rather have than just living with the thing. So that's number two, the wrong size. Number three, it will never be used. Never be used. Oh, you think of this cute little thing and, and like a knickknack. It's just going to collect dust. They're destined for goodwill. <laughs> I told a friend of mine, uh, it's not exactly, like if you've ever been to a, a Goodwill store or a Salvation Army, you see they have aisles and aisles of things, and, and electronics aside, but uh, that are just knickknacks, little shelf things, curio cabinet deals, that someone at one point thought that that would be a nice little trinket that they could have or that they could give to somebody else. Um, and then eventually... For one reason or another, it's donated to this store and somebody else buys it. Um, but they're just, they collect dust and uh, they might be destined for resale. Number four, it's too personal. I don't want to go into this too much to the example, but needless to say, you don't give silk boxers to just anyone, okay? So just let your mind go where it wants to, but you don't give super-duper personal gifts to somebody. Number five, it suggests that you think, oh, this is the hardest and the worst one. It suggests that you think the recipient should change something about him or herself. This is tough. Spouses, if they're not smart, will do this. Uh, parents might do this. Hopefully kids not to, you know, whatever. You give somebody a, a, a financial uh, advice book, self-help book, um, a, uh, a scale, <laughs> a food scale or a uh, hop on and see how, how much you weigh scale. Uh, grooming kits, they even gave an example of. I mean, and those are kind of nice gifts and they, they sell them like they're nice, but it might seem that you're telling them that they need to actually put on deodorant and shave every once in a while. Um, it's, it's assuming something that they need to change about themselves when you give that gift. That is the least enjoyed gifts. Now, moving right along, why do we have returns? Well, in short, what's on the inside wasn't what the person wanted. We talked about the wrappings matter, and there's something on the inside of that gift, but sometimes there's something on the inside that the person really didn't want. It wasn't an enjoyable gift. It wasn't what they asked for. It wasn't uh, right for them. Uh, perhaps they already have three of them, it wasn't the right color. It didn't look good on them. Maybe they just rather have the money. Well, believe it or not, there's a part of the Christmas story that I think if we were honest with ourselves, we would all say, ah, I'm not going to read this gospel because 
it has that part in it that I'm not comfortable with. I'll read this one that just doesn't include it. And it comes from Matthew 2, 16 through 18. And I'm including it because it's part of a sermon. <laughs> and it says this, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, remember the Magi, the three wise, the wise men, they take off, they do not come back to King Herod to tell him where the baby's at. When he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This act by King Herod ranks right up there with what Pharaoh did in Exodus, commanding all Hebrew boys be killed or thrown into the Nile. Here, Herod, the supposed leader of the Jewish people, is committing infanticide on his own people. Nothing like that had ever been before. By the way, the timing noted here is why many believe the wise men came later, potentially up to two years after the birth of Jesus. By the time Herod finds out that he's been had, the best he can do is take a stab in the dark, so to speak, and kill the boys to and under from that area where Jesus was born. And I don't know about you, but I certainly would rather not think about the pain and suffering, the weeping and wailing of parents who just lost their children. But grief, just like joy, is part of life. And so it cannot be ignored. Perhaps you've lost loved one in the past few years and the wounds are still very fresh. You can relate to those voices in Rama. Christmas is a time to recognize the parts of the story that we'd rather weren't there. Perhaps this teaches us something about King Herod. His jealousy and wickedness were so insatiable that he would kill anyone who might be a threat to his seat of power. This gives us an excellent contrast to King Jesus. Though he was just a toddler when the wise men came, he would one day show the world what real leadership looks like, what real love, real friendship looks like. We hear it from his own, his own voice in John 15, 13, when he says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Wrappings matter because God wrapped. God was wrapped in something. God was wrapped in Jesus. Philippians 2 Verses six through seven says, and this is about Jesus. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. The word became flesh, John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace 
and truth. Wrappings matter. But what about returns? When Christmas time doesn't turn out the way that you'd expect it to, don't toss it out the window like some bah humbug. Ask, what is God doing in the middle of this less than desirable situation? What are you doing, God? It's okay to ask that question. He's not afraid. Well, for Jesus, God, gave, God saved his life and the life of his parents. Their obedience was tested and they passed. God spoke to the foreign gift bringers, warning them to clearly, uh, warning them so clearly that they also passed the obedience test. What was revealed in that horrible act of infanticide? The horrendous personal character of King Herod. He was not fit to be the king, and God would see to it that his reign would end. But your situation is different than the one in Scripture, or at least I hope so. No maniacal rulers in the land making broad sweeping decisions that end the loss of life. But whatever it is that you are going through these days, know this, that you don't have to skip over it. You don't have to return it. You just need to remember this word from God from Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, God says. In the midst of what you'd rather return, do not fear, for I am with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the wrappings matter. Sometimes, what comes to us, the wrappings are so easy, easily discarded. They're just a distraction. They're something to de- delay what's really on the inside of what we're trying to get at. But we take a moment, slow down. We realize that you wrapped the joy of the good news that day in Gentiles. Meaning that the whole world gets to be part of this story, your salvation story. And we think of the bad things that we'd rather skip over in the Bible, especially during the Christmas story and the gospel. I mean, hey, even your sacrifice, your your son on the cross, it's painful. We'd rather not think of that. We just want to think of the idea of you saving us. But to know what you suffered and went through for us. Sometimes we'd rather skip over that. But in the middle of that, we can say, I shall not fear for God is with me. Because situations in our life can't just be returned to the store in exchange for a different one. We have to look to you to be our mighty fortress and our savior. We thank you this day. We pray that your hand would be upon this season that you would keep us well and healthy, but even when and if we're not, we ask that through that situation, you would be praised, that we could give you glory even when we'd rather return it, (laughs) rather return the situation. We wanna give you praise today and thank you for sending your son. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, 
Amen.